Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. It is my favorite day of the week, Sunday. And Maddie and I just got back from vacation, so I'm feeling that sunshine glow. Man, it was nice. Sorry, wish you could have been there. It would have been kind of weird if we were all there together. I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> um, anyways, it was an amazing week together, and uh, Maddie actually came back with a double ear infection, so he's home today, <laughs> right now. Pray for him. I am. Our kids are. It's like weird when, when it's not man flu and your husband goes down and you're like, oh no, you're like really, oh, shoot, okay, I'm here, I'm ready. <laughs> there's two, two different versions, right, of like wife when there's man flu and then wife when it's like you're, act- you're okay, I'm going to take care of you. So anyhow, welcome to my world. Um, so okay, so I just want to talk about a couple of things before I get rolling, because once we get rolling, we're not stopping. So the first thing is Kingdom Builders Interest Lunch is coming up next week, Sunday after church. And if you don't know what Kingdom Builders is, it's just kind of the core of generosity of our, at our church. Um, there's not like levels of you're more awesome if you do whatever. It's just if you feel called to build the house of God um, over and above tithes and offerings and go like, we're, we just want to like come and labor on this part of it with you, um, and you want to know more about what Kingdom Builders looks, looks like for the, for the givers in our church, we would love for you to be a part of that. It's for everybody. Um, we can't do everything, but we can do something, right? Like, what's your something? Allow God to show you what your something is, and we would love for you to be a part of building the kingdom with us here in our city. So that's happening um, after church on Sunday. We're going to feed you we're, if you have kids and you need childcare, you can sign up on the app. We'll make sure we get, um, we'll have care for your kids. We'll feed your kids. It's going to be awesome. You're not like obligated. We're not going to chase you down after you come because we have your info now. And like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's good. You can just come and check it out. You can, you can literally just be interested and come to the Kingdom Builders interest lunch. That's all it is. It is what it is. Okay, great. So that's happening on Sunday. And then I just want to one more time say um, the worship night's happening Thursday night. Um, this is like no flash. We, le- not, I mean, no flash photography also, but also no flash, like, we're just, we want to worship God and pray together. We want to seek him together, and we want to see what he might do as we just lay down our will and our lives and go, God, have your way in us. Um, so please come. If you um, think every week about showing up maybe like 20 minutes late to church so you don't have to figure out what to do with your hands for the first 20 minutes. This night is for you. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, like it just might be the moment where God helps you step out of your comfort zone into the place he's calling you. Um, It'll give you time to pray, to let us pray for you. It's just going to be really special. You know, like it's going to be one of those like, oh, it's unbelievable. You kind of had to be there. Um, because the Holy Spirit's going to move, and I'm so ready. So please, please come and join us for that. Um, let's pray, and then we're going to get into it. God, we love you so much. Um, we love your church, God. Thank you for this house. God, thank you for what you're doing in us. 
God, we ask that we would see you for who you are this morning, that we would behold you, that through your word, God, we would be changed. God, I pray for soft hearts and open hands this morning. God, I thank you that you use a bunch of people who are messy and who have real stuff going on to love each other. God, I pray that we would let go this morning of offense, of disappointment, and we would just look to you, God, our hope and our salvation, that we would sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, and that you would help us commit our lives again to, to being in your presence and in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I do, before I go any further, just want to take a moment and um, talk about some people that I really love, um, Alex and Lizzie Hobbs. Hi. Um, this is your last Sunday, right? Next Sunday is your last Sunday. So we're going to take a minute and we're just going to pray for them because you guys have been, you guys are, where, where you go, it's like you walk into the room and, and light, it's like light, you know, um, because you carry the presence of God in you. That's what it is. But um, we just are so thankful that God planted you here while you were here. And it, there are seeds sown that in the next years there will be fruit from that will be part of the legacy that's ongoing of your lives. And that happens everywhere you go. But you guys are moving, they're moving out west, pray for them. <laughs> but it is a mission field for you guys, I know. And um, I believe God has already paved the way and is bringing exactly what you need, not for just you and Alex, but for Moses and Magnolia as well. Um, that it's going to be rich soil where you go because you bring the presence of God with you and there is depth and there's goodness because he's with you everywhere you go. So can we just stretch our hands out towards Lizzie? God, thank you so much for these people that love you and that are called to your purpose, God, who have surrendered their lives and their hearts, who trust you with their yes, God. Thank you for the blessing that sends them. God, thank you for your presence that goes with them. Father, thank you for the good soil that they're going to sow seeds into. Thank you for the community that you're going to bring around Alex and Lizzie, but God, also Ma Moses and Magnolia. God, thank you for their incredible family. God, thank you that you have already paved the way. God, and as they go, they're going to bring such a bright light into any dark place that they step into that that whole area of the world that they're stepping into is going to be changed because your goodness and mercy follows them and goes with them and is inside of them. God, thank you for all that you've done here with them. Thank you for um, the seeds that have been sown in this soil, God, and we thank you for all you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you. Awesome. Okay, um, so we're telling stories about all our friends this morning. I heard that Tim Gamel ran a marathon. Um, he wasn't in my stories notes, but he is now. <laughs> so I would ask him to stand, but he can't. Um, <laughs> so he's just going to sit right there. He ran a marathon, and, um, which is uh, very difficult, required a lot of training, ran it in 4.08, which is four hours and eight minutes, he clarified. If I ran a marathon, it would be 4.08, four days and eight hours. <laughs> 
I stop for a few sleeping breaks. <laughs> Anyways, that's awesome, and we're proud of you because it takes perseverance and endurance, and yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, and it's a really amazing accomplishment. Um, our friend Bobby was sitting over here in the last service as well who just finished an Ironman. Like, who are all these people doing all these like athletic things? Okay, it's amazing. He trained for 10 months to do this race that involves swimming and bi a bicycle and um, running, and you know, 10 months of his life changed. Um, his routine to prepare for this thing. And um, I'm just going to give you the title right off the bat today because I don't want to keep you in suspense. Um, but you can just write down whatever it takes. And I've seen people in my world do whatever it takes to accomplish a goal. You know, we were traveling in the last week and have you ever been at the airport and somebody's like sweating and running by you to get to their plane on time? <laughs> you're like, it's like the worst feeling if you're running in an airport because nothing is like, it's not like you have your running gear on, everything's like flopping at the wrong time, there's no timing, it's just bags are slapping your arms and your legs and you're sweating and then you have to go pretend like you're fine when you sit down on the plane, <laughs> but you're really like, you can't breathe and like you're hot and you just want to take off your sweater but then you elbow the person, it's terrible. But when you have a destination that you can't wait to get to, you would do whatever it takes to get to that plane so that you can go to that place and um, as we start this year, one of the words in my heart and one of the things I've been carrying is, God, what is the position of my heart towards you? And I talked a little bit about that during worship last week. But, but how, how is my response to you, God? Because we have a purpose, every single one of us in this room, we have a calling you were made to seek. There's actually neuroscience, um, neurological studies on how your brain is wired to actually seek. Because God set eternity in your heart. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes tells us that. And so you're wired to seek after him and you have purpose and God has created you for this life that is big and full and is not boring <laughs> And you were created for something, but, you know, the question for me and for you is, am I willing to do whatever it takes to see God's will be done in my life and his kingdom come and his will be done in my life? And it's interesting because all of nature and science points back to God. Colossians tells us that, that we were created by him and for him and we find our purpose in him. And so when you look around at the everyday world, there's all these examples of it for you and I to see. And, you know, for example, if I want to run a marathon, which I do not, I would have to, like, change my lifestyle to accomplish that goal, right? You've got to get up and you've got to train for a long period of time. You've got to increase your ability to, to go a certain distance so that you're ready by the time the race comes to actually accomplish the goal that you've set out to accomplish. You know, if, if I want to go, if I want muscles in my body, I can't just be like, oh, I'd like a muscle. Lord. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yes. Six pack, Lord. <laughs> Be blessed. That doesn't happen. There's a process and there's a surrender and a sacrifice that comes with accomplishing those goals. And, and God created it that way so that we would understand Him 
as we understand how we work, so that we would have to understand the patience and perseverance that it takes to actually get to the place that we want to be. Because God wants to take us on a journey to where he's calling us. He doesn't want to instantly give you what you want right now because he wants you to know him as you're on that journey. If I wanted to go get an apple um, before we had like, you know, Publix and Winn-Dixie and Costco and Trader Joe's and Kroger, you would have had to go and get an apple seed. And not only would you have to have a seed that's ready, but then you would have to prepare the ground and then put the seed in the ground and make sure the seed had water so that it was able to grow. And then after months and months of praying that God would send the rain and that the sun would be there to help the seed grow and months and seasons, then you would have a tree and then maybe the first year you would get a little fruit and the second year you'd get more fruit. And over a period of years and time and commitment and perseverance and trust in God, you would have an orchard. But then God would have asked, bring me your first fruits, bring me the best. And so before you would pick that first apple from that first tree and take a big juicy bite, you would go, God, here's my best. I'm gonna trust that you're gonna give me all the rest that I need. And you know that God created the earth to function like that because he wanted you and I to understand that our lives are made up of seasons, that we can want as much as we want the thing and wish it into being for right now so that we would just, it would maybe like dull the sensation that we're feeling emotionally of having to walk through a hard season or trust God through something we don't understand. But God is saying, if you just stick with me through all of the seasons, your life will start bearing a little bit of fruit and then your, your life will bear more fruit and then there'll be enough fruit for your friends and your neighbors and the, and the people in your city and then you'll be known as, as the fruit guy. And that's how you and I are created to be. But we, we don't like the seed part. It's hard to be in the preparation of the soil part. It's hard to be in the seasons part. It's hard to like see the rain coming when you're like, I don't need more rain right now. I need some sun, God. And he's like, trust me, you need rain. And you're like, I don't like the rain. I like the sun. And he's like, the rain is what's good for you right now, even though it's going to be uncomfortable. That's, those are seasons. And if we want to live lives that are fruitful and rich and not apathetic in religion, this weird like, oh yeah, I, I come to church on Sundays, but then I don't really think about it until next Sunday. And we feel purposeless and we feel like there's a block between us and God and we can't really figure out how some people have such a deep relationship with him. And the reality is if you looked at their life, they get up every morning, they spend time with the Lord and they, they ask him what he wants to do in their lives and they give their will, they defer their will to his. And like, oh, that's the fruit of all those things. And you're like, oh, it's not that God doesn't want me to have it. It's just that I'm not willing to like to have the sacrifice of, that means that my life actually has to change. Just like if you're preparing for a marathon, just like if you're preparing for you know, an orchard, there are things that in us that have to shift and have to change in order for us to see the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. And for us, I wonder this morning, if you ask God, what is it in me that you wanna shift? What, what do you wanna change in me, God, so that this year doesn't feel like every other year? So that this year feels like this was the year that I just came alive in the love and the goodness and the wild adventure of following God. 
I believe that we are a church and that we are people who are, are whatever it takes people. It's not like a gimmick title this morning. This is like, I believe that if you and I were to say to God, you know what, God, whatever it takes, I'll do it. You think about the world that we live in, like the price that we will pay to go change something on the outside of us. I wonder if it was the inside that you saw, what price you would be willing to pay so that that reflected a healthy person, the person that God created you to be. Isn't it kind that God lets that stuff happen on the inside? He doesn't expose our true selves to the whole world around us. He just says, hey, come with me. Give me your life and trust me. And I'm not gonna heal you from the outside and I'm gonna heal you from the inside out. And it's not just gonna change you. It's not gonna be easy. It's going to change you. It's going to change your family. It's going to change your friends. It's going to change your neighborhood. It's going to change your city. It's going to change the world. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I thought I had to work really hard to like go, go and bring the gospel to the whole world. I just needed to let God do it in me. And then it. And that's how the gospel of Jesus Christ authentically spreads from a believer who's passionate about Jesus to disciples who are also passionate about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Jim Elliot said, he is no fool which gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. So we're going to tell one of my favorite stories, read one of my favorite stories in all of scripture because it also comes with a song um, today. And I think that as we read this story, you're going to see how and God's kindness, while there are great oceanic depths of theology to be explored, he also takes these beautiful, simple stories in scripture just to go, this is how it is, and you can do it too. So we're going to open up to Luke 19, and we're going to read the story of Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, and he climbed up in the sycamore tree, yep. Okay, so... Luke 19, starting in verse 1, he entered, he's talking about Jesus, he entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. That's how we know he was a wee little man. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. I love that. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be... He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost." And something so beautiful that happens in this story because you have Zacchaeus, who was a man of means and wealth. It says he was rich. 
You know, like if it seems like that just immediately like, oh yeah, so he, he could have what he needed whenever he could get what he needed whenever he wanted. Right? That's kind of like what we correlate to like, okay, he, he had whatever he wanted whenever he wanted it. He was a man of stature, people knew who he was. This was Zacchaeus. And you see this Zacchaeus go from being a man of empty and lonely success to having a life of purpose. And meeting Jesus and going, actually, this is what really matters. Do you know that if you came in this morning, even just interested, like maybe it's like a Jesus interest morning for you, and you're like, I'm interested in what he might be about. Do you know that's amazing? And, and I'm so glad you're here because he is interested in you. He's more than interested in you. He loves you more than you could like. The best love you've ever known, it's, it's better. It's perfect. Yeah. And he loves you and he's, he wants you to be here this morning because he's got so much for you. He's got a life of purpose for you. Yeah. And you might think, oh, I'm just interested in checking this out today, but I'm telling you, he will take you from living a life that feels like it's empty of purpose to giving you a life that's so full and so rich and beautiful with purpose and, and with the power of God in it that everything can change from you, for you this morning as you encounter him. Zacchaeus goes from being a spectator to being a participator. He goes from being a participator to being a responder, and he goes from being a responder to being a person who is repentant. And so as we look at that this morning, there's three things I want you to see that Zacchaeus does that we can take on for ourselves. If we want to be people who are like, God, whatever it takes, I want to be in a real, deep, authentic relationship with you, and I want that to look different this year than any year before. These are just three things that might help you this year. Number one, find me seeking. When Jesus comes, that he would find us seeking him. And this is what it says in Luke 19, verse 3. It says, And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. And, and this is his kind of whatever it takes moment. His, this is undignified for me as a man who is in stature in the community and who is of wealth to, to, to go, I, I know Jesus is going to be passing by here and I'm interested to see, I'm seeking to see who he is. And so I'm going to climb this tree. And, and climbing a tree is like what you do when you're a kid, right? Have you ever climbed a tree and as an adult? It's so fun. Because you like remember what it's like. It's also terrifying because you know if you fall, you never recover. So <laughs> it's, it's the best because you are reminded of this moment when you are a child and you just climb and feel like, oh, I can see everything from here. And for him to just get a little bit undignified because he's seeking to see who Jesus is, it's a word for you and me because sometimes it's our, it's our pride that holds us back from just seeing him. And just like when there's a crowd and, and he wouldn't be able to see over the crowd into the people because he was below that, it's you and I. There's things that can block us from seeing Jesus. Often it's our pride. Often it's our busyness. Often we're like, I don't have time to be in the Word, but we watch three hours of Prime Video. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not that there's not time for those things. It's just it's not a priority for us. I'm just, I'm just being real, right? Because I think we want change in our relationship with God, but we have to choose the sacrifice it takes to get there. If you have a goal, you have to go, just like you would in anything in your natural life, go, I'm going to 
shift some things so I can see this come to pass in my life. And it's going to cost me. There's going to be surrender, but it's worth it. Because there's, uh, there's purpose in my life, and I want to see Jesus. So I'm going to take off my pride and, uh, and get a little bit undignified. I'm going to get up the tree, and I'm going to look for him passing by. A Hebrew Bible scholar, Alexander McLaren, said, I wish that there were more of us who did not mind being laughed at if only what we did helped us to see Jesus. If you seek him today, it can change everything. So find me seeking. Number two, find me moving. So Zacchaeus climbs up the tree and um, Jesus comes over to the place where he is. Isn't that beautiful? Like he, he puts down his pride. He gets a little bit undignified. He gets up in the tree and Jesus doesn't just pass by and like give him a good old thumbs up. Love it. Love the tree thing. Love that you can see me. I see you too. He like goes through the crowd and he comes to where he is in the tree. And he says... It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And he, Zacchaeus, it says, received him joyfully. And you know, he could have come over and Zacchaeus, in another storyline, could have been like, I'm actually just here to, to watch I, I was just seeking to see, Lord. I don't, did you read the text? I was seeking to see, not seeking to participate. I just wanted to kind of get a view over what was happening. It's really nice what you're doing, Jesus. I love it. Love the work you're doing. And I'm going to say in my tree. And, you know, for you and I, to me, that translates to like Sundays are nice. Like this is our tree moment. I'm like, I'm going to get up in the tree Sunday, Jesus, and I know you're going to be at church. And so I'm going to, it's nice. I love what you do on Sunday, Lord. I mean, I'm watching. I see it. You're like, I'm in my tree. Sunday's a little uncomfortable for me, but I, I come and it's really nice. And a spectator is the one who's like, it's nice. Lord, I love it. So I, worship happens, it's over, and I'm like, that was so nice. And the message happens, I'm like, man, that was nice. I feel, I feel nice. And we leave, and we're like, church was nice. And then we just go about our week. And we're like, I'm going to go that nice church again next week. That was nice. I felt nice after that. <laughs> you know? And that's the tree moment. But let me tell you, every single time you're in the presence of the Lord, he will come directly to where you are and go, I am inviting you to come down with me. I want to come to your, I don't want to just wave at you when I go by. He's like, I'm going to come to your house. I want to be a part of like your whole week. I want to be a part of your life. Christianity is not just like this thing that we do. It is who we are. And if you want to live this like wild, abandoned, passionate love relationship with Jesus, which is what you were created for, it's going to cost you some awkward moments. We think Jesus is going to find us like on Sunday morning in our best worship position when he comes and you're like, yeah, you see this Lord? Two hands. I like even got close enough so I didn't hit my neighbors. Even got a little finger tap. Didn't bother me. Kept my hands up. You know where he finds you? He finds you in your hardest moment. He finds you when you're like, God, I'm just looking to see where you are right now because this is really hard. And he comes right to where you are and he, he says, let me come in. Let me come into this mess. 
Will you invite me into this? Because I can make all things new. I can restore the things that are broken. He's not a Sunday God. He is an all the time God. And for you and I to experience like a God year that is so rich and deep that like it just is bubbling out of you. It's going to take some like repositioning. You're going to get up in the tree. God's going to meet you there when you see him. He's going to go, will you find me seeking you? And then you're going to go, I want, I want to be moving now. I'm not just going to be found seeking. I'm going to be found moving because when you come, I'm going to move and go with you to where you are. And that's our invitation. And then the third thing is that he would find us changing. So this is a really powerful part of this story. In verse 7, it says, and when, they saw, and when they saw it, this is like all the people around. Imagine, you know, like the guys in the fancy robes, like doing the like, you know, the thing. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus is going to love this robe. Freshly pressed, you know, they're, it's to the nines. And they're all watching this happen and they saw it and they grumble and they say, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. I'm going to tell you right now that when you start to move towards Jesus, there's going to be a lot of people in your life that will remind you of who you used to be. There's going to be a lot of people in your life that are convinced you can't be anything else. But Zacchaeus never turned to those people to defend himself. He looked at Jesus, and for you the solution, and for me the solution, when all of the naysayers come and you're just trying to follow Jesus, is keep your eyes on Jesus and give him your life again. If you feel like you screwed it up, that's okay. Give him your whole life again. There's never a point where he won't come to you in the middle of mess and go, come with me. I want to come to your I want to come into your life. I want to come into your world. And your response to him is always just I'm going to keep my eyes on you Jesus and I'm going to receive you joyfully. Do whatever you want in me. I'm going to give back. I'm going to get rid of all that stuff that was messing my life up. All those things that aren't supposed to be here. All those things I was taking from places I shouldn't be taking. I'm just going to leave that behind. I'm going to keep my eyes on you Jesus and say, you can have my whole life. I'm not going to listen to what the world's got for me. I want to know what you have for me Jesus. And you just receive him joyfully in your heart. And what does he say to Zacchaeus? Salvation has come to this house today. Because see, Zacchaeus was dead and then Jesus made him alive. I wonder for the believer in the room today, what does this look like for you? For you who knows Jesus and you've already invited him to your heart, but maybe your relationship with him feels stale, feels like you're kind of going, is this how it's supposed to be? I don't know. I don't like, I like, it's God's nice. I like church on Sunday, but like Monday through Saturday, I don't give him much thought. Hadn't really thought about that in a while, but I, I mean, Sunday's kind of my day. And I would encourage you to listen right now to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you are a Christian, you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is counselor, 
and guide. And so he will speak to you right now. I'm not talking about when you get home. I'm talking about right now. Ask him. Let's just close our eyes right now. And you just ask him, God, Holy Spirit, would you show me in my heart what needs to shift? What do I need to go? I'm not going to keep a hold of that stuff anymore that was, I was building my own life with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that stuff down to the side. I'm going to say, Jesus, I want to keep my eyes on you. What do I need to, to change? What needs to shift in me right now? I, I want to be fully alive in you. Nothing holding me back. Is it time? Do you need to make more time for him? Is it trust? Do you have, do you have trust issues with God because somebody in, in the world has messed you up? Would you be willing to say this morning, God, would you restore my heart in a way that allows me to see you as a trustworthy God. God, I, I'm just, I want to ask right now, Lord, that you would bring a healing to hearts that have experienced trust that has been broken over and over again. And God, I just pray that right now you would pull out those weeds and God, that you would remind whoever's here that needs to hear this this morning, that you are trustworthy, God, that you do not break your promises, that you are good, that when, when we look to you and you make a promise, you keep your promises. You're, all your promises are yes and amen. And maybe that's for you this morning. That's an anthem that needs to be in your heart. God, all your promises are yes and amen. I can trust you. You're a good father. You're not going to let me down, Lord. I don't know what it is for you this morning, but I believe because God is faithful that the Holy Spirit is giving you something right now and he's asking you to just shift. And if you're unsure, you'll find it in the Bible. That's how you always know it's a word from God. It will line up with scripture every single time. So find me seeking and find me moving and find me ch changing. And maybe you're here this morning and for you it's like I, I've never I've never invited Jesus into my heart and that's something that's been sitting, it's like you've been standing on the cliff edge and you're like I, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready to go, like I'm ready to just take the leap but it's so hard because it, it feels like this like once I go there, I'm never going back, you know, and, and so maybe you've been holding off because you're, you're not ready for all the change, but can I just encourage you this morning that God will give you everything you need. You just say yes to him. Just say yes. Give him your heart. Give him your will. When you want your way, defer to his. It's hard. It's hard to do that. I don't, I'm not trying to promote some version of Christianity this morning that's like, it's super easy and everything is just fine once you, it's just nice once you say yes to Jesus. It's, some, it's sometimes really hard, but you're never alone. And in the darkest valleys, he is a light to your feet. He's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It's, it's not easy, but it will be worth it over and over every single time. And there will be moments that are richer than you could have possibly imagined because when you trust God with your life, every, every place that you go, he goes with you. And everything that could be empty, there's purpose in. And whenever you're wondering, uh, I've been waiting for this thing for so long, God is like, it's a season. Stay with me through the seasons. There'll be good fruit from this if you just live the season that I've called you to live in right now. It might be hard, but you, there's going to be fruit from it. You live that same season without Jesus, and it's just hard. And what's the fruit? But I want to say to you this morning that God's inviting you to just take the leap. 
and to trust him with your heart and with your life, to believe that, that he died and that he rose again so that you could have life and receive salvation for your own life and for your own heart. So as we close our eyes all across the room right now. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.